This is the moment you've all been waiting for. Live with the best father and son team on the internet. It's time for Homie and the Dude. What is up, everyone? This is Homie and the Dude, the father and son podcast and tabletop gaming network, three of them. Uh, We are here today and super, super excited to have Mason the Dragon Jones, the UFC lightweight contender with a 10 and 1 record and a warrior's heart. Mason, it is a privilege to have you on the show today. Hello, thanks for having me on. Um, I do wonder when, like, where do people pull out one no contest now? Because it's just that weird thing that sort of floats on the end of the record and no one really knows what to say about it. But um, obviously, my last fight was a no contest. So um, I'm still really confused on where that actually slides in. But um, does irritate me. <laughs> it does irritate me because I really don't know what to do with it. And obviously, uh, it was a, uh, a weird performance start to end. Uh, it, dude, it, it's one of those ones where, you know, things, things can go a little bit sideways. And it, 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 we've seen it a few times in the most recent months. You know, we saw it with the Jan uh, Sterling fight. You know, we've seen it with uh, the Bilal Muhammad fight with Leon Edwards. You know, these things happen. And Sadly, it's, it's, it's something that ends up with, you know, like, like you said, you, you were in a dominant position. You felt like you were dominating that fight. And, uh, and sadly, it, it ends up being a mark on your record that isn't, you know, people aren't going to remember you like being in that dominant position and, and putting that pounding on him for that amount of time. And they'll just see the no contest. But really, you know, the, the, the truth of the situation is that was looking like a win for you. And I think especially like after your... Seconds. 18 yeah. seconds. If it had gone on for 18 more seconds, I would have had a win. So uh, yeah. <laughs> it is what yeah. it is. It sounds like you've been yeah. thinking about it, too. It <laughs> kills me. kills me. Um, yeah. Just because um, I know that, that everything that happened in that fight was mine to control and it was mine to lose. And uh, it was my mistake that uh, cost me the fight. So um, these are things, mistakes I shouldn't be making. And they're, they're still happening. So um like I said, just little uh, little teething problems to work through. Mm. So, dude, like, obviously, some, something that we really appreciate about you is in every post-fight interview, anything like that, you know, after your first fight in the UFC and the second one, you know, you've been super honest. You've come forward and been like, look, this is what happened. No excuses. Uh, I'm going to take it on the chin. Uh, in a climate, dude, where you've got other people in your division, you know, especially in the top five who it seems like after fights are really struggling with loss losses, you know, putting a lot of hate on social media and like making up all these excuses and stuff. What really, what, what, why is it so important to you to be so like honest and like straight, no bullshit, no excuses. Like why does that like resonate with you so much? There's, there's no excuses in a fight game. Like I've said this so many times and people say it, but I don't think people really understand what it means. And, like when you get down to it, when you're in there, there's there's no excuses, there's no second doubts. It's if you make a mistake, you lose, and it's as easy as that. And then, um, like at the level I'm at now, a lot of the time it doesn't come down to who's the better fighter; it'll come down to who makes a mistake first. And um, mm-hmm. like people just don't seem to understand that like one of you is gonna make a mistake. It's human nature; yeah. someone's gonna make a mistake on that night. And uh, Thanks for watching this episode. We really appreciate you supporting Homie and the Dude. 
Please hit us with the Holy Trinity, like our Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and follow us on Instagram. Just search at Homie and the Dude. It all really helps. The, the whole thing, the whole thing about what makes MMA beautiful is the fact that you have to be in control for 15 minutes or 25 minutes, and you can't make one mistake, and you just wait for the other person to. And like, it's, it's mental chess. It's definitely mental chess. But um, yeah. for some reason, people have this this ego problem where they struggle to just admit in their mistakes. Like people will blame their team, they'll blame other factors. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Um, the, the amount of times I've quoted the Derek Lewis quote, um, I've still yet to meet Derek Lewis. He's someone I do want to meet, but the amount of times I've quoted um, what he said where um, he said, it doesn't matter whether you feel 40%, it doesn't matter whether you feel 80% or 100%, all that matters is that you get the win. And like, if you think back, like um, John Jones, um, he's been in what 10 is it 10 or 11 now title fights all title fight defenses mm-hmm. and the guy's never made a mistake and, and those that's people who's been training to be him so if someone like that can do it then um, do you mean then I've got no excuse amazing yeah, absolutely I, amazing mentality. I agree and I think it, you know it really speaks Mason to I'm, I'm sure early on in your career you probably heard people say you know at the higher levels of this sport it's mostly mental, you know, and I'm not sure how much of that you, you know, you accepted or you understood or you took on early on in your career, but it sounds like you're really now digesting that fully, that this is, you know, once you get to this level skills, everyone has different little strengths here and there and not a lot of weaknesses here and there. And it's about, you know, being at that point where you can, um, you can be, yeah, you can be honest with yourself in the, in the fight, but you can also be, um, appreciating the mental game so talk talk about that a little bit like what what's your journey on appreciating the mental game in this uh the top level of sport well one thing i'll say before i go into that is like some people don't really don't understand that like when you like every time after weigh-ins and your recovery is different every single time um you wake up and fight day and you're different every single time like some days um like my last fight um i woke up um, the morning of the fight and I felt unbelievably good I, and I felt all the way through the day I felt unbelievably good and by the time I started warming up I felt um, unbelievably sharp my, everything was reacting the way I wanted to my my brain was on on task and I, I felt unbelievable and actually in, in, in the fight I was holding back um, I was keeping it at 40% just because I wanted to make sure I didn't make any mistakes early on I wanted to grind him out and then look to finish and like that second round, like I think about it so many times because I could literally, I was just going to my head, right, time to start putting the pressure on. So as soon as we, we sort of stood about that exchange, I was really going to start pouring pressure on him and really start chaining the combos together. And then obviously the eye poke happened and ruined it for me a little bit. But um, like some days you 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 feel like that, we feel on top of the world. And then some days like my debut in UFC, I, I felt terrible. Um, and mm. you, you just do. And like, like I said, like there's never an excuse, but... You just have to make it work and you have to force it. Um, so there's, there's that on top of other things. But for me, um, a lot of like my journey come through judo and um, like doing an Olympic sport at that level um, where you train full time, even as a youngster, and you push in in a sport that a lot of people don't understand. And uh, such a, it's such a high level. Like I would go away and there'd be 110 um entries just in my my weight category alone so that's 110 people you have to strip down to get the number one spot so you're looking at seven fights um yeah. in, in in a single day and um like 
is so cutthroat and so um, what's what's the word to use? So uh, well, it's it's so easy easy to make little mistakes there because then like. Obviously, if you go into one fight, uh, if you first fight to a wall, then you have to go to the next fight when you barely close your hands, and um, you've got another, you know, you've got another six after that. So, uh, like, it sort of it, it makes it makes you see it from a different view, and and this is this is why I think a lot of Olympic level athletes or Olympic sport athletes do better in MMA than most others. And um, like, I I got so used to losing, and. Um, yeah. and people sort of look at me funny when I say that and they don't really understand what I mean but um, what I mean I got, I got used to losing I got used to building my expectations and getting absolutely torn to pieces and then having to rebuild yourself straight after it like my my UFC debut by the time I got after, after that cage I was at peace with everything that happened and it was just it was just straight away starting to work to improve and then like people said like how did you handle using your undefeated right? Gordon, I was like, I've never been undefeated. That's the way I look at it. I've never been undefeated. Nice. Like, um, uh, I've lost so many times over the years. It's just, it's sort of, it's just, uh, everything's a learning experience. That's that's the way to sort of keep falling back to, and that's the way to build up on it. And um, you just focus on what you win with. And um, like, I never felt pressure with that ten and over record. Um, I never feel pressure when I fight. Um, yeah. Like when the way what you see what you get with me when you watch my walkouts you see how much I'm enjoying myself like that is me on the surface like the whole thing with some people they, they some people run to the cage some people will get the walk over as quick as possible and different things and I just don't understand why because like I I love being there I love dragging it out and I love extending how long I'm actually in that limelight for because that's what I'm born to do and that's what I really want to do, <laughs> dude. Do you know, it, it, your mentality and the way that you think is why I think you have a good chance at racking your way up that lightweight division and getting yourself into that top 10 really quickly, dude, because you, you know what, you, you said something really interesting about, you know, that constant loss and that like having to build yourself back up. And, um, you know, uh, I, I did martial arts as a young kid and uh, I competed for like a couple of championships and stuff. And it was that whole like your, your heart breaks, you know, and then you have to refine some of that strength to get back in there and do it. And now I'm a skateboarder and I, I, I feel that every time I fall over and I'm trying to trick and I can't land it. And it's, uh, it's that, you know, failing and failing and getting yourself back up teaches you how to teaches you how to deal with adversity it teaches you how to you know be be that like that powerful uh weight moving forward and do you know what, dude you you said you know what you see is what you get with me it's so true dude when, when we're watching your fights like you don't look nervous you don't look like you're shaking you don't look apprehensive like you know a great example is jose aldo versus mcgregor so tense like you could literally see it like the dude's shoulders were like clenched up and like you're so relaxed. You're so calm. And I think as well as that, dude, you can see that in your fighting style, the amount of pressure you put on people, the fact that you are constantly moving forward in their face shows that you just love it, that you're in there and you're enjoying yourself. Again, you know, there's other people who, you know, uh, there's other people I would definitely say over the years have looked like they don't enjoy getting hit. You know, I, I, I don't want to slander the, the amazing chosen one, Tyron Woodley. He's an incredible fighter who was an amazing champion. But in his latter fights, it looked like he wasn't enjoying, you know, getting in the scraps and doing it, you know, the, the, the way it has to be done. And I think your mentality really shows in the way that you fight, dude. So it really comes across both, like you said, in your walkouts, but then even when you're in the cage, 
you know, throwing your combinations and looking looking like a badass, putting on that, you know, and, and we talked about this, that almost Diaz brother-like. Dude, you do. And you, you put that pressure on people, dude, that is unbelievable. It's like, it's a Diaz brother level of pressure. Like, we're, we're, we're constantly blown away by how you're just constantly moving forward. It's yeah. crazy, man. One of the conversations we um, have had in, in obviously the house I'm staying in, um, because obviously Chris Gonzalez is the guy I'm staying with. He's um, Bellator fighter. He actually fought on Saturday night. And then um, his girlfriend is obviously Jesse Jess, who fights in um, the UFC. And um, mm-hmm. the, I remember we had a conversation, me and Jesse, and she said about how um, people in the gym always ask what well, their why is. And um, like, because uh, obviously, knowing why you fight is 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 something to have um and something you you really need to, to have in a fight game and like i uh, we had a conversation with her, it was like she was sort of the same as me um like i just fight because i love the violence of it like um i excel in in, in the violence and savagery like i'm not gonna sort of try and break it down like i'm not a martial artist um i've done this sport since i was seven um my girlfriend's done the same oh she's competed since she was five um back home and she's She's a martial artist. I'm, I'm not. Um, I'm in a purely for the fights and I'm in a purely for the violence. And mm. um, like, I have no intentions of ever coaching um, at the moment. It's just not something I ever want to do. Um, mm. I don't have that, that drive to sort of try and make the sport better and try and yeah. sort of help other people. I'm purely in it because I love the violence. And I'm purely in it for the, for a bloodbath. And that's the way it is. And as, as, crazy as that sounds it's just the way i've always been and um my parents found uh, martial arts for me because i needed help to channel and i needed ways to sort of deal with my mindset and different things i had and um like i'm, I'm the calmest person you'll ever meet and i'm calm all the way through and i'm always calm because I, I i love every second of it i love i love i love the wake up as harsh as it sounds and as horrible as they are and every second you struggle for and every second you hate it i i love that i love making weight um i love the recovery i love the walk i love the walk the only second on fight day that i'm not that fast on and the one that does does my head in is um when you're going to announce so if it's buffer or whoever it is is announced to know and um they like do all the background and then you sort of suddenly so you're pacing in the cage and you're like look just shut the cage and just let me go because you like you don't know what to do like to like look do I keep strolling? Do I give him like an angry look? And be like, oh, dude, do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm going to beat the smoke out of you in a second. So like, and it's like after that 10 minute window and title fights are even worse because they pull you to the, sec- the center and they get touch gloves and everything. And then they're like, they're talking to you and explaining different things. You're like, look, I've done this so many times. It's like, just let me go. <laughs> just <it's laughs> shut the door and let it go. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's the chaos. Like I love the chaos and um it's embracing the chaos and and that's like the like i've skydived um i've drove motorbikes drove cars um scuba dived snowboarded surfboarded i've done loads loads of stupid and mad things and um nothing gives gives me the buzz the way fighting does and nothing makes me feel as alive as being in there with some guy who's trying to murder you and um, no matter how you strip it up and how you um you drive it down like that's the way it is like they're not trying to submit people. They're trying to break things. They're not trying to to, to put them to sleep. Like you, you, you're trying to put something in, in, in the ground, and and that's what a lot of people struggle to believe. And that's the that's the thing that a lot of people they struggle to understand. But it's savage nature, and um, 
humans are savage as heart. And um, if you if you channel that and you expel it in in the correct ways, then uh, it's it's beautiful to see um, metal chess. Dude, do you know what? a couple of things that you've said? You know, I really liked what you said earlier, um, uh, and I, I really love what you just said then about the, it, you're 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 in it for the the beautiful savagery, dude. And I think you know some people. You know, you look at definitely the you like you said there's martial artists you know and like you go like daniel cormier who i would consider like a, a martial artist the guy's trying to teach and he's like doing all of you know progressing That's wrestling and yeah exactly exactly and you know i think it, it's one of those things dude where there's certain people who are warriors and like you said certain people who are martial artists and you're in there to just brawl and again dude it, it comes across comes across in the way you fight you know, it's chin down, head forward, and just like and beautiful yeah, I'm combination. To do that now my boxing coach keeps telling me off for that. <laughs> <laughs> my date, my UFC debut, because I I felt horrendous and like um, nothing would work, and it was just sort of like it was like trying to um, trying to ride a bike with one wheel. Um, but I remember my boxing coach had come back to the corner and he, and he was like, "Look," he was like, "He's like, get your feet moving and get your hands up." And I was like, "Look, I just I just can't." I was like, "It just it's not working," and he was like. Mm. He was like, oh, well, he said, if you're going to go forward, he was like, at least try and keep your hands up, he said, and just try and get some rim in feet. He said, but just get your hands up. And I said, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight back in, hands down, chin up mm. in here. Like, it's just stupid. It was stupid. But um, you look back, back on it, and like, even in, in there, it wasn't that I wasn't listening, and it wasn't that. Like, my coaches are fine that afterwards when we spoke through it because it wasn't that I wasn't listening to what they were saying. I just physically just couldn't get my feet moving. Like, my leg was so dead. And then mm. um, my arms were so open and I was just eating shots I didn't need to eat. And it was just like one or two things I could have improved on and I, I would have won that fight. And in the end, I still I still come close. It was just, I did a lot of stupid things that sort of had me down. And like anyone else, there was 1% would have been over. So, um, do you mean, you just go back and build back up. And like the way I look at that fight, is that's the worst I've ever felt in a fight. And um, it's still... Um, I still come close to beating someone who's who's very very good. So um, yeah, we learn, we improve, and we learn. And my last fight again, I was levels above that, and every single time mm. I prove I'm levels above it. So, mm. so to, to that point, Mason, um, you know the this concept of a, you know you love to mix it up, you love the chaos. I also see another element in there that's hugely in your favor has been in the fights that we've seen, which is your incredible cardio. Like oh, you are, yeah. dude, you're, you know, Gas that style with your tank is formidable because, you know, whatever you do skill-wise is imposing damage, but then also your pressure relentless. is mental damage. It's relentless mental damage. And you can see dudes break, man, and it happens quick. Like you can be in oh, it yeah. with someone, and then, you know, it can just be at some point you can see them pull the plug and they're just like, you know what? <laughs> I don't know, like, how long he can do this. And I'm pretty sure I know how long I can. And I'm, ge I'm guessing that he can do it longer than I, than, I, than I can. And you can see them check out, certainly in a few of your Cage Warriors fights. That it's definitely, and it, it seems to happen a lot, dude. When you, when you get people in that tie clench, like, you just rain hell upon people from the tie clench, dude. And they... they it, you can see it it breaks people like it breaks them mentally and it's 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 a beautiful thing to watch but dude like how, like talk, talk us through your cardio routine talk us through like what kind of cardio work you're doing because the gas tank is unbelievable Mate, mo mostly it just comes down to mental like um, we've talked about this before and like um 
everyone trains hard for a fight and it, it all comes yeah. down to like people have this stupid mentality sometimes of thinking like oh, I, I have to be ready for 15 minutes um, 15 minutes like I need to watch what I'm doing because of my output for different things like I'll get actually t- I'll get tired in five minutes all I gotta do is literally I have to do five minutes as hard as I can three times or five minutes as hard as I can five times if I need to like that's that's mm. all it is like I will go crazy for five minutes minute recovery and I'll be ready to go again for the next fight yeah. and um like it all comes down to mental like that Aaron Elkins is another one um if you watch Aaron Elkins fight in the weekend like like he, we've talked about this in Zim, like a lot of the time, it doesn't matter what you do physically to prepare. It's like it obviously makes a massive difference. Do you know I mean like the training, the running, the the pushing yourself in training is all the same? But it all comes down to mental a lot of the time. Like it's just being knowing that you can push again, and like you are when your body's feeling it, you're struggling to breathe, and your arms are dead, and just know, um, just knowing you've got another two or three minutes to push hard, then. If you aren't not going to do it, then they are. And um, again, it's just pushing. It's just all mental. But um, physically, I've I've always had that sort of style where um, I'll just relentlessly relentlessly crack at you until you until you break. And um, like I just train that way. I compete that way. Um, the way I, I do my my fitness work and my conditioning is all the same way of um, long distance. And um, we've been doing a lot more sort of short short term like more short sprint work. Um because I've never I've always been um, sort of low on the fast twitch fibers side of things. So we've always been doing a lot more fat fast twitch stuff, trying everything firing. But uh, I mean it's just it is definitely mental. Like um you can be as fit as you want. You can take a marathon runner in there and um, they'll still gas because it, it does come down to that mental that mental push and being able to just o- overcome it. Dude, in those moments when you're when you're like needing to draw on something, when you're when you're sat in your corner, you know, after the second or you know uh, at the beginning of like the fourth or fifth, um, and you're or, or you know you get cracked, you know, there, there, there was one good shot that Mike hit you with during your, your your debut. Like when 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 you're in those moments, what are you drawing on? What are you mentally like pulling out? What are you saying to yourself in those moments, dude? Because like you obviously you pull yourself out of it and you come around and get yourself to a better place but what 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 do you actually what goes through your head in those moments so believe it or not um like i've never needed to sort of give myself a second reserve um even like the mic fights so that was the shot he caught me with is where my gum shield come out um so actually so i got hit with a shot and um, my whole left eye just flashed white and um i I didn't understand why and then when i watched it back and obviously speaking to Mike after the fight, um, I'm sure it's uh, that shot when he caught me, his thumb went in, in my eye because um, mm. he actually broke his thumb in my eye socket. Um, wow. So, uh, yeah, so the two of us, <laughs> the two of us had a second. Um, we're like, because I couldn't understand. I've never been hit by a shot where my whole eye just went white. And um, like you numbed so much stuff in there. And when I watched it back, it's way through the shot. His thumb got, got sort of caught in my eye. My gum shield fell out. And then I looked at the ref to sort of see if he was going to stop the gum shield. And Mike sort of stepped in. And, uh, yeah, we, we went on another trade. But, um, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I, I love these situations. Like, even the Casper Formella fight, if you watch that one back, like, that was a bad performance of mine as well. But um, he came out with a crazy pace and sort of hit hit me everywhere for about two and a half minutes. And um, even in that, like the only thought I remember going through my head is um, you need to change the momentum. Um, and that's it. Like 
like he caught me with a body shot, then he followed up with a big right hand, and then um, I was thinking, and all I was thinking was, yeah, you just need to change momentum. So it's just little things you knew that you know you can change. So like, I tied him up, hit him with some shots, um, sort of sucked the air back in a little bit, and then I started to, to change around. And because you you know people can only hold out for so long, like you can only sprint for so long, and then it's the other person's turn. So um, it was just you just wait and you find your moment, and then you. Um, you, you take a chance and uh, yeah this is again that's why I, I I like the fight game so much it's just it's such a beautiful sport like when you look down it like a lot of people only see the blood of the violence but when you look deeper into it and you see all the minuscule movements and the the tiny little differences and um, mm. the way people's feet the way um, people plant their feet the way people outstep people the way they they close distance the way they manage distance the way they they line up the, the perfect shot. And then the, the other way is, of course, is where they draw people, they lull people into a false sense and then they they just catch you in that one sweet spot. And um, there's so many beautiful things about fighting. And um, mm. it was the same when I boxed. It was the same when I did judo. And it was the same the same in MMA. And um, it's just so many beautiful things to see. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm just thinking about, like, you know, I'm trying to link some things up. And here's here's a little theory I have, dude. Completely unscientific. So challenge it if you, if you'd like. But... I reckon the fact that you are so comfortable in the chaos, you know, you, that space where you, you haven't been able to replicate it in sports, in skydiving, anywhere else, like that, that heat, that real heat that so many other people, like 99% of other human beings run away from that, right? You're comfortable there. That to me is one of the reasons why you have so much gas because so many other people expend their gas in stress, right? They're stressing out in that situation, feeling the pressure, getting hit and all of that. You know, stuff is leaking out, right? Energy's leaking out. For you, that's your comfortable space. That's your happy space. And so, right? So uh, I, I have a, like, my theory is that, that those things are, are quite linked together. Any thoughts yeah. on that? hundred percent. Like, um, even the gym you train with, you'll train with guys and um, they'll be the best, the best people you'll ever train with in the world. I had a guy in the judo when I was going through the judo team, and um, like I seen him beat world champions and Olympic gold medalists. And then the guy would turn up the competition and get beat by um, thirty-two-year-old part-time dads. And um, it just yeah. does make sense the way some people compete, but some people just crumble under pressure. And for me, like um, I've always, I always fight at a completely different um, spectrum than than I, I train. And um, it's yeah. just because, like, when I'm training, um, I'm enjoying it, and I'm just sort of being friendly in there. Whereas when I'm when I'm fighting, it's just um, it's literally just dancing in the chaos, and it's just um, in trying to be the and embracing that most violent form of yourself. And um, it's just about being. So uh, one of the the mental one of the things I got told when I was a kid that I really liked and really sort of um, struck with me was the mentality of the dragon, which is the whole reason my fight name came about. And it's um, you keep all the fire in your belly and you keep uh, you keep ice cold in your head and you just you look at things as a psychopath and you break things down and you do it without emotion and then you just channel everything and um, and that's that's the way it has to be. Like it's not about someone hits you with a big shot and then you you'd be like oh I need to hit him back with a big shot because you end up getting into that that catch twenty two with where they just draw you into a firefight and they're, they're always one step ahead. It's about sort of leading the dance and trying to make them fall in, in into one of your traps. So like you'll, you'll catch them with a shot, trying to make them shell or try and make them open up. And as they do, then you catch them over the top. So you time it that they, as they're throwing, you're catching them in, in the sweet spot. And that's, that's how you knock people out. And um, 
is the same with takedowns. You'll you'll catch with a massive shot, and as they come to throw something back, you'll time underneath, or you'll time it so that you catch it on their way in. Or um, again, same with subs. Um, you'll find that gap. You'll keep pressure on, and then um, you'll just keep applying pressure, applying pressure, and, and, and until they pop. Um, because especially in most positions in MMA, MMA Jiu-Jitsu is different to uh, anything else um, because yeah. it's more pressure. You just literally, you, you put them in, in an uncomfortable spot, you keep raining down punches and then you just keep waiting for that, for, for them to give you something, for them to find a way out. Mm. Yeah, it, it makes total sense. And, you know, I was thinking about how you have these two different mentalities. One is the sort of leading up to a fight once you step into a fight there's that whole like it's almost a, a different part of your personality and then there's the training part where you like you said you will you're a little bit more lighthearted. you're finding some fun elements in there there's a team aspect there's all this other stuff there's some guys dude that are, are finding ways to improve a lot in between fights so the guy that comes to mind is kamara uzman you know, you look at him and it's almost like he's taking big, big jumps between fights. His, you know, his striking now is like, well, we'll, we'll find out how much of an advance that has come through when, with his next fight in October, in November. But how do you do that? Like, how do you distinguish yourself? Because other fighters don't. Other fighters sort of kind of stay in shape and they're sort of just keeping their stuff mostly in tune. But as far as developing, that all happened maybe earlier on in their career. And they're sort of plateaued and they bring themselves to, to a conditioning level and they go in with what they have. To improve, how, how, how is that, and this might be through you know, alpha male or through your own personal uh, perspective, but how, what's your journey on improving between fights? So for me, um, morning, the, the, the biggest jumps I've had um, is literally um, by changing what I do. And um, as simple as it sounds, is as complex as it is because um, like, Sometimes you'll go through things uh, and you'll go through routines and you'll go through your training programs and um, you're just sort of doing the same sort of things. And it's, it's straight steam. It's sort of like narrowing things down and finding what you need to improve on and working from there. Um, but then on the general side of things as well, like um, lean up my last fight, I was um, doing a lot of drilling with um, Andre Feely and Mike Malott. Um, uh, Mike Malott uh, is going to be fighting soon. Um, mm-hmm. and Andre Feely obviously fights in the UFC um, Andre had been out to Dana's death squad and was doing um, a lot of um, more focused MMA drills jiu-jitsu wise that we were drilling a lot and um, a lot of the wall drills we was running we was just running through a different wall system that we're using and um, like the wall system after I took um, Alan down uh, old Paddy down uh, that was what I run uh, and that was what I used to keep control of him all the way through and it was just raining elbows down on the same side of his face and trying to open that cut up as wide as I could. And um, like that's, that was the way I found to improve. Um, the striking side of things, um, uh, I, for me, I found what works was um, is play sparring with some high-level guys. So like me and Andre will have unbelievable rounds because we're both trying to trying to catch the other person clean. And um, it's just about time and different things. Like there was, um, there was a Korean who's been sparring you, um, Ock, um, he's um, he, he's the risen number five at lightweight and um, me and him had some unbelievable scraps and um, his striking was unbelievably fast but you just sort of try and lull him into these false senses and try and find the gaps and um, like people th- there's right ways to spar in my opinion and there's wrong ways to spar and a lot of people do uh, as these sparring rounds where they, they literally just try and hit each other too hard and they're trying to do these things and it's not it's about it's about trying to 
to make people fall into these traps and lay in these traps and not about just running head first into each other and seeing which person falls down first. But for me, like, I don't think there is a concrete answer to what was people like Usman to him because it's all in individual and it's all individual improvements. Yeah. And then um, it's finding the right type of thing because, like, if I'm fighting Usman, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go in in there and sort of train. How do I say this? Like, if you try, if you fight Usman, you're fighting George Matt. As you're not going to train for the same fight. You're going to train for completely different fights, and you're going to yeah. train and you're going to look to improve in different ways. Like if you look at like people like Habib on his run through, um, like the way he sort of fine tuned his fight, he did the same game plan for every single one of his fights all the way up till he retired, and he he had fine tuned tuned that for years. And when he got to the UFC, he changed it and fine tuned it again. There was less lifts and more drag downs, is more just dragging people to the ground and sort of banging and applying pressure and. Um, like it, it does work. This one single system does work, as long as you fight someone who 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 can't stop it, and um, and that's the thing. And like, it is that I I do like to to, to watch fighters, especially in my own weight, and sort of plan and think how to beat them. And um, like you think about Habib so many times, and like the only way you're gonna beat him is by making him uncomfortable, and you you have to take him out of his comfort zone, and um. The only person I know who really did a good job of that was um, McGregor at the start before he gassed out. And then you look at, um, it was, uh, who was the- Gagey in the first was, couple was, minutes. Gagey in the first nah, couple I, minutes. I think Gagey like... looked, looked too tense in that fight. And um, even though he cracked him hard, like Gagey was just too mobile and trying to run around. Um, Alec mm. did, did a good job on short notice. Yeah. And yeah. then um, he fought a wrestler who did really good. I can't remember who it was. There's someone he um, was it Michael Johnson? It might be Johnson, where he sort of struggled with at the start because his wrestling was so good. And then um, it's these things. It's like people always went out. They fought in the same way. And like for me, um, looking back on them, like I think if McGregor gone out there and just tried to hit his head off his shoulders and and worry about anything else, I think he probably could have clipped him. But um, mm. again, it's these what if questions are so hard to figure out. Mm. And do, do you know what, dude? It, it says a lot about you know your your confidence in your training partners and stuff like that. And you know you talked about wrong and right ways of sparring. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, like what, what? Give us like an idea of what kind of uh, percentage. If like in the octagon you're at a hundred, uh, and if on the mats, what 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 kind of percent are you putting into your sparring? What kind of uh, what kind of uh, uh, level are you are you pushing yourself to in your sparring? I don't know. With, with some of my training partners here, um, it's probably about hundred percent because, <laughs> like, um, one of my main training partners out in Alpha is a D one wrestler um, mm-hmm. who literally just is constantly taking me down and trying to put me on, on my neck all the time. So, um, like, with with these guys, it's just you literally just sort of you you just trying to survive and you're just sort of trying to improve every time. And um, my wrestling defense has gone to the roof, which showed mm-hmm. in my last fight. Um, but no, um, like to be fair it's hard to quantify when it comes down to that because like some days you'll turn up and you'll feel 30% and you'll spar really well and other times you'll turn up and you'll feel 100% and you'll spar really bad. Um, but like the, the way we break a town is when you fight, um, you always fight better. Like you always gain about 10, 20% because like you have the adrenaline, you have the other side of things. Like you're always stronger by the time you fight. You're always faster. After I do the weight cut, I always feel so much better. Mm-hmm. Like even when I fought for the Wildweight title, we still did a cut because um, um, I still 
even though my weight would have been okay, we still did the normal weight cut we would have done. Um, and then just sort of drew it back early because the way we, we recover from it and the way we kept from it just makes me perform a lot better. And um, in, in that fight, I, I performed decently well. So um, it's trying to find what works for you and trying to replicate it every single time so that you, you perform at a high level every single time. And it's, it, it's hard to do right. Yeah. Mm. Dude, another one is, you know, you, you're, you're down at Team Alpha Male with these, these straight killers that you're, <laughs> as you put, you're trying to survive against. <laughs> um, but you've also got, Another lovely little Welsh person. You got Corey McKenna there with you as well. What what are the chances that you have two people from Wales competing in the UFC in one gym together? That's pretty awesome. Did you do you enjoy that? Do you guys hang out? Uh, we speak a lot, yeah, in the gym. Um, mainly just taking the piss out of the Americans and the way they yeah, can't <laughs> understand anything we say. But uh, yeah, Corey's Corey's um, a savage, yeah, and she's um, she's been training there a while. Um, I originally got out to Team Alpha because a friend of mine in, and training partner in Nad Naramani was um, training out there. Um, obviously, Nad is Bristol, um, mm -hmm. so just over the border. But um, uh, Nad was training out there for a long time until he started having a bit of visa issues. Um, mm. So that is how I got involved with it. But um, yeah, it was just uh, Corey lives out there full time now. Um, yeah. Corey's got a really good relationship in the gym with a lot of the fighters but um, yeah she's a straight savage and um, I'm really looking forward to her fight on September 18th yeah, yeah I mean so are we Thanks. dude we're, 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 we're really really excited for that as well uh, dude I mean absolutely incredible I mean it, it seems it seems dude like your your headspace is unbreakable like you're you're Honestly, I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for you to get back in, back in the, uh, back in the ring. Do, do, do you have anything on the, on the horizon? Or have you got anything in the works? Anything that you can talk about? Well, all I keep doing is asking Sean for a fight. So um, we're looking at some dates in the next couple of weeks, but um, is nothing, nothing's concrete, nothing's tied down. Like they haven't even. Normally, you'll get promised a date on a card, and then they'll find an opponent, and then um, you'll do everything to do with that. Um, or they'll offer you a short notice fight against a certain person on a date. But um, for me, I haven't really heard anything apart from they were trying to get me on the London card and then obviously all the problems we're having with London to do with the COVID and different things, bloody COVID. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's just, it's weird at the moment. So um, it's just that, that waiting game. And um, I just want to get one more fight out the end of this year so i can make sure that i finish on on a win and i can get a final fight <laughs> it's cool it's all good it's all they're good all, they're all playing and attacking each other dude i mean i mean obviously dude we would love to see you get get that win by the end of the year dude and that that would be absolutely incredible and we have full faith uh that you will do um I wanted to uh, I wanted to kind of round round the interview out and ask ask you a, a, a personal question for me, dude. Because we're we're as much as we love MMA and we love seeing people punch each other and the beautiful the beautiful art, we're also huge fans of tattoos. And you have some gorgeous tattoos. I wanted to ask you, dude, what's your favorite tattoo? And like, what, what, what's maybe like the longest you've sat in the chair for? The longest I sat was um, I it was seven hour sitting, but um, I didn't make it. I made it about six and a bit. And my girlfriend was sat there laughing at me, taking a piss out of me, telling me that I was, <laughs> a, um, I was a girl and that I couldn't take it. But um, I I don't really like sitting for longer than three hours. Um, mainly because after three hours I can still um, I can still fight and uh, I can still go train afterwards. So um, mm. if I do a three hour tattoo sitting, I can just cover it with a tattoo with a cotton sleeve and put a rash guard on and go and train. 
um, mm. anything longer than that, and you start getting tired and struggling. But um, uh, my favorite tattoo so far, um, the the dragon on, on my arm was probably one of my first. But I also had this done on my palm. Um, oh wow! Oh, the old, um, yeah, yeah, it's um, the arm symbol. Um, yeah. It means soul. Um, but every, every one of my tattoos has some meaning behind it and it's something that I sort of liked and the way I planned out and then I send ideas to my tattooist and he puts an idea together and um, we, we go with that but um, yeah I um, ev- everything has like m- like different pagan um, religious meanings to it all the different things that people actually believe at one point so um, like I'm doing a Greek leg sleep at the moment um, because like I, I like the fact that people actually believe in a lot in a lot of those things. And like um, I got Medusa on my knee because um, Medusa turns people to stone. And then I got a hydra because um, the bite of hydra is supposed to be incurable. So um, a lot of things I, I like like that. And then like my back tattoo, um, uh, obviously it's a skull with two ravens um, and loads of Norse compasses tattooed on the skull. And um, like uh, one of them is like protection from drowning. So apparently, if you have that tattooed on you, you're, you you can't drown. Another one, um, the Helm of all, supposed to be invincibility and different things. And it, it, the things that people actually believed in at one at one point, like mm-hmm. um, uh, the ravens are a symbol of um, uh, thought, and memory, uh, to do with Odin's ravens. Um, but then they're also cross referenced to different things. Is like um, the the collectors of the dead, um, the Morgan's ravens, who turn up about battlefield to collect the dead and. Like I, I, I love the, the the sort of meaning behind things and the history behind things, and um, I love myth- mythology for that reason because the things that people honestly did believe in at one point and um, mm. just blows blows my head. Not only do they believe in them, dude, but they drew power from them, right? So it's almost like this symbolic thing. Whether it's some like it's something that's on your skin or something that you know Native American Indians had this this you know pouch of totems that were you know before they went into war they would take these certain things whether it was a stone or a feather or a you know a little piece of bone or something like that and they they felt they connected to that and it seems like you're making those same connections with you know with your ink and uh dude you know I, like that is I love it I freaking real. I freaking love real. it dude. Like, yeah if you if you're making that connection and it's working for you and that's you know whether that that symbol is creating a feeling of fucking Medusa is going to turn some shit to stone and that's right on my knee. <laughs> you know, that's, fucking, that's pretty cool. I just like the cross preferences. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a big, big nutcase who believes in stuff like that. Like um, uh, the other thing, like one of my coaches has been telling me for years is never do I have a routine or rely on things. So, like some people have like, they'll only wear like a certain pair of boxes to fight in or they'll only, they have to wear this gun yeah. shield thing. Like I'll, I'll fight with a bit of tissue in, in my mouth and um and some um, socks wrapped around my hands. Do you know I mean you just got to be fighting no matter what? And um, like again, it's that's our Olympic sport mentality of um, it doesn't matter where or when. It just matters about getting that win and grinding a win out. And um, any, anyone who's done Olympic sport has sort of have come across that way. Like I've won fights before with where I've been I've been losing all the way through in the last three seconds. I choked a guy out, and um, like you you just have to have to find a way to win. That's all that matters is finding that way to win. Dude, uh, I love it. It, it. It's through and through. Uh, you're you're a straight up warrior, a savage, fighting with, having to fight with tissue and socks. That's a, <laughs> that's one I have never heard before, and I think is, is is one of my favorites. And do you know what? As well, coming away from this, dude, you you said something that might be one of my favorite things I've ever heard about MMA, and and has resonated with me massively. Because um, I, I we've always considered it, you know, it's outskilling someone. It's someone like trying to outwork them. But I love what you said uh, towards the beginning of this interview about it's whoever makes the first mistake. It's about 
two amazing athletes and it's the first one to make the mistake that that that's when the the, the slippery slope begins and uh thank you so much dude for 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 saying that and joining us today it's been an absolute pleasure to uh to have you um dude i'll, I'll throw it over to you uh go go for it shout some things out that are going on in your life some sponsors and things like that uh give a shout out to some people that are important so social media first uh my instagram is at mason jones 95 um, check me follow. Obviously, we've got the, the YouTube page where we just blog as we go through the days, um, which is Mason Jones MMA. And then, um, obviously, my Twitter is Mason Jones 1995. Uh, I'm, I'm on Facebook as well, but I don't really do anything on Facebook. Um, sponsors, another one um, SDC Lens, uh, Watches of Wales, PP Builders, um, CCS Scaffolding. They're all big, big sponsors of mine. Sammy Fightwear, um, supported since the start. And um, is, uh, there's a couple of other things on the horizon that I've got planned and I've in talks to sort some, some big things out. So um, thanks for all the support back home and, um, well, support across the world now. So starting, starting to get somewhere. Yeah, man. Well, we're here, we're here in Bristol loving you and supporting you, man. So uh, thank you. Not thank you. So much. Not far. <laughs> we're just, we're, yeah, we're, we're just we're just right across the channel. What, one last thing, Mason. We, we've done yeah. these with, uh, with a bunch of people and, um, you know, sometimes you get people that are hyping stuff and wanting to put some sort of pose up or some sort of like you know message or something like that it's really really refreshing to have you come on and just talk authentically to us uh it doesn't happen very much in the sport and for us we really really appreciate it. and i'm sure people that are watching this appreciate it. it's super refreshing dude to have your professionalism you just... the way you articulate yourself dude it's 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 thank you yeah it's been a pleasure to to, to spend time with you Nice to talk to people who can understand what I say. So uh, it's nice, nice change from America. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, dude, it's been an absolute pleasure. And, uh, and we'll, we'll round it off here for, for us at, for us at home and the dude guys, if you can uh, hit us with the subscribe on YouTube, the like and follow on Facebook and, uh, and follow on Twitter. Um, that is the Holy Trinity for us. Otherwise, thanks for watching. Thanks guys. Thanks, Mason, nice thank you. Guys. We're chugging through. We're loving doing this stuff for you guys. Um, if you want to support us, if you want to make sure that we can keep getting, you know, better quality set, better quality lights, make the filming better. Bigger, um, bigger batteries for the camera. Bigger batteries for the camera. <laughs> yes. You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you can do that by just liking, following the page and subscribing to the YouTube channel. That is what really makes a difference to us.